Welcome to the Heal Thy Skin podcast, where we are deep diving into the depths of dry skin conditions over an immersive six-week special series. I'm Marnie, your host, and today I'm speaking with Mustafa Tahir, pharmacist, med student, and TikTok star. Mustafa is helping us close the six-week special series by sharing clinical research and key information on ingredients and formulations to help support dry skin conditions. Whether you have a skin interest, a skin query, a skin trauma, or skin disease, I warmly welcome you to Heal Thy Skin, a podcast brought to you by Derm Health Co. I'm Marnie, dermal clinician, dermoscopist, and your podcast host. Skin is deeper than beauty, and our mission is to build the largest platform of specialized practitioners focused on skin health and skin empowerment. Join me each week where we go deep into the skin and beyond to hear stories and education from leading practitioners on a journey of skin health. This six-part special series podcast was made possible by our fabulous partners, Dermotherapy, and this special series really is deep diving into dry skin conditions. It's also known as cirrhosis. You will be learning about the cause, the therapies, and the stories behind dry skin conditions. Approximately 50% of people over the age of 40 experience dry skin, and it's likely that most people will experience dry skin somewhere on their body at some point in their lives. So this series is relevant to everyone. Dermal therapy aligns with the Derm Health Co values because their products are accessible, which is super important. They can be found at most pharmacies and grocers, plus online. They're also made using evidence-based ingredients. They have clinical studies to back this up and they're dermatologist recommended. So you know that it works. Another big tick is that Dermotherapy is Australian made and owned. Go Aussie. Dermotherapy's range of products for very dry skin are not only hydrating, they also have unique keratolytic properties. And this helps with dead skin deposition and removal. So throughout the series, you'll be hearing more about the results and clinical studies using the Dermotherapy products. And we are so excited to bring this series to you because it's the first of its kind. We've never seen this in podcast land where there's a special series dedicated to one specific skin condition. It is different to our older traditional podcast where it's one different episode each week. And we thought um, we know that our community loves to get really deep and dirty into a particular topic. And what better way than to create an entire six part series on this particular topic, which means that it's easy to share. It's easy to learn and immerse and you can come back for later reference or share it with friends, family members, patients, clients, etc. So I'm so looking forward to bringing this to you. I think you're going to love it. Um, We would love to hear your feedback on how you find this special series as well. So make sure that you tag us if you're listening at dermhealth.co and also ensure that you're tagging out wonderful partners at Dermotherapy as well. Okay, let's get right in. We will be also talking about the Dermotherapy range and its beginnings, how it has become the number one best-selling lip balm in Australia, with one being sold every 30 seconds. Uh, I started by asking Mustafa what he 
thought was his favourite ingredient to target dry skin. Mustafa, what is your favourite ingredient to target dry skin? Okay, so one of my favourite things I love is the urea. Okay, so urea is naturally occurring in the skin and it's not a foreign body being introduced into the skin, but it does hold in the moisture for the top layers of the skin. Urea is found in a lot of dermal therapy products. Um, you'll find that in the lip balms, you'll find it in the very dry skin range. And it's just one of my favorite ingredients. And it doesn't burn away the top layers like a lot of acids or a lot of products uh, that the competitors would have used, but it does lock in the moisture and it does also, it removes the um, top layer of the skin as an exfoliant as well. Yeah, interesting. I often see urea applications with like percentages on them. So you mentioned that it doesn't necessarily work like an acid. What's that percentage kind of meaning referring to? Yeah, so you'll find a lot of products contain like salicylic acid or uric acid or these kind of products to act as an exfoliant. And depending on the percentages of urea that we use, it can act in that way to exfoliate, but it won't burn away. So the higher percentages of urea that we'll be using, for example, in the heel balm range in dermal therapy, they use high percentages of urea, which will, will act in that way as an exfoliant, but it won't burn away at the skin. Whereas in things like lip balms, which targets the skin on the lips, which is a very thin layer of skin, it uses a much lower percentage, like about, I think, a 12.5%. Oh, so 2.5%, which is very gentle on the skin, but it does have the same effect. Very interesting indeed. So today I'd really like to go into the treatment maintenance and mm -hmm. prevention of very dry skin. That's really kind of the basis where dermal therapy comes to as well, like the whole philosophy. And I'd like to do a key focus on the products formulated by dermotherapy because mm. they're the star of the show. So let's first establish why dermotherapy decided to formulate a range of skincare for very dry skin because there's literally thousands of products on the market which are made with a purpose to hydrate the skin. But I guess, like, can you share the mapping of the dry skin market and how dermotherapy products differentiate themselves as a whole, mm -hmm. how they came to be? Yeah, so I guess there is kind of three categories you can break down the skin or skin conditions into, and that would be sensitive skin, dry and cirrhosed skin, and very dry skin. Dermal therapy offers like solutions to the two extremes, which is the sensitive skin and the very dry skin. So you'll find the market has a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of creams out there, a lot of things that kind of target like just a very particular niche, very small portion of the three umbrellas. Whereas dermal therapy can kind of target everything in the very dry skin section or the very sensitive skin range. So the products are formulated to be very gentle on the skin, but they're also very potent. So you'll find that they're acting very quickly and you'll find sometimes visible results within one day, which is the amazing thing about dermal therapy. With the other products you'll find on the market, it'll take sometimes months before you see results or sometimes the skin will actually treat itself like it's a self-limiting condition and it'll get better on its own before the cream even has any kind of effect on the body. That's actually a really interesting point because some people might think, oh, this cream is doing a wonderful job, but it's actually just a self-limiting condition it's, and it's it improves itself. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Now, for those listening at home that may not be therapists and not have a great knowledge of skin and skin conditions, how would we determine if we have very dry skin compared to just maybe dehydrated or dry skin? Yep. So that kind of requires a history, right? So you'd kind of take a history from a patient and you'd find out really what the underlying conditions are, whether it be, like you said, dehydration, like you're someone who exercises a lot and you just don't really replenish your you know, water and, and electrolyte stores, or it's something that's more underlying. You can see that it's a family issue that, you know, it's not just me, it's like my family, my parents, you know, 
my brothers and sisters have the similar conditions or the same conditions. So it really comes down to a history and that's where I guess kind of, you know, being a clinician comes in handy, whereas it's not just something you, we try to self-diagnose. I mean, it does require a lot of research, but speaking to a pharmacist or a doctor or a dermatologist does help a lot to kind of find out what kind of skin you have and where your issue kind of comes from. So that's really important to know the history and no skin is the same, even if your family member has different skin. So it's very individual, which, yeah. you know, we know as individual approach is so important. And we've like established, I guess, the importance for a need for products for very dry skin market. Mm. Let's get into some of the products themselves. Our listeners do love to geek out a bit and get a bit sciencey. We love dermal therapy because they're evidence-based. So I'd love to cover any clinical data or stats where possible. Let's start with perhaps the very dry skin cream. So mm -hmm. if you could let us know what it is, kind of where it sits in the market, I'll let you go from here. Okay, so the whole very dry skin range kind of relies on the same base foundations which is having emollients as well as exfoliants that work together in different, I guess, percentages and dosages depending on the product that we're using. Most of the products in the very dry skin range are very similar, just come in different formulations. So you'd have a cream, you'd have a wash, you'd have it in a bar or you'd have it in a lotion, but it's very much the similar product, just in a different application form. So then you'd be using each one of these products in a different context, which would be the most useful in that situation. So speaking very broadly, I'm going to speak a bit more specifically now. Like you said, everyone likes to geek out about the science and all that. <laughs> so we have emollients and exfoliants. Right? Exfoliants are pretty much the keratolytic agents, which is the urea. It's a 12.5% urea that's used in most of the products um, to remove the top dead layer of the skin. And you'll find this in some free... I'll give you an example. I find people with darker skin, if you like scratch their skin, you can see like a white kind of like ashy trail left behind. That's just a layer of dead skin and the urea and the keratolytic agents in the creams and would be very useful to remove that dead top layer of skin so you'll find that you know that won't happen anymore if you scratch the skin or you know it won't be very ashy anymore and this is like i said it's a lot more evident in darker skin tones but it does happen with people with lighter skin as well it's just kind of harder to see and then we have emollients which lock in the moisture so you'll find that a lot of products on the market they'll have you know kind of things that form a barrier for the skin but if the skin's already dry, you're just forming a barrier on dry skin. You're not instilling moisture and locking it in. Whereas the emollients in dermal therapy, they will lock in the moisture that's provided by the creams. And you find that work kind of synergistically with the keratolytic agents. And that's just found in the very dry skin cream. And you've kind of answered my next question, which was about the emollients and exfoliants. Like how do you exfoliate and hydrate at the same time? Because typically in the cosmeceutical market, mm. they would say you must have an exfoliant and then you must have, you know, some kind of hydrating serum or agent moisturizer as well as that. So yeah, so um, they'll, they'll try to sell you like six different products to do the same job of like the one product that we have here, like the very dry skin cream. So I, yeah, I, I find that very funny. But what dermal therapy tends to do is they're a very specific formulation is very unique. And what they do, they clinically test these products by, by trialing, for example, a keratolytic agent with an emollient and a moisturizing agent all in the one and to see if it works. And it does. And they have mm. done clinical trials and, you know, it has shown fantastic results. So, and you'll see that if you ever try that products, it's like, it's a no brainer. So does this reduce the need to exfoliate? Uh, yeah. So obviously, like we said earlier, each person is different. Everyone has different skin and obviously everyone has different conditions. So someone might have a more requirement to exfoliate than others. But in a general broad sense, yeah, pretty much. 
So this very dry skin cream, how would we actually use it? And would it be a daily or multiple daily application? Yeah, so in my opinion, I reckon you can use it as often as you need. But you'll find that if you do use it, compared to other creams, you'll probably have to apply it a lot less than other creams to achieve the same results. Me personally, I'd use the very dry face cream. I actually had one. Yeah, so I use this one and I just use it once a day and that typically does the job. Where I was using other products before and I'd have to apply it, you know, maybe three times a day. Maybe like I'd shower and I'd apply it and then midway through the day I'd apply it again and then before bed I'd apply it as well. Whereas this one, it just works just by applying once a day. So it depends on your skin type and the severity of your dry skin, but sometimes any time from once to as often as required is the answer. I'm interested to hear because if someone feels that they have, you know, maybe kind of combination, normal type skin, they're really going to avoid anything that is very dry skin because they might fear that it's going to make their skin oily. I'm interested, would you consider yourself to have a very dry skin? Yes, I do have dry skin and it does tend to flake from how dry it is. Mm -hmm. I guess that's where the urea comes in to exfoliate that dead layer and it gets rid of the flakiness. But at the same time, your skin naturally produces oils to counteract that dry skin. Okay, so I wouldn't just say either have very dry or very oily. Sometimes you can have both, which is what I do. For me uh, specifically, I get like really oily around the nose if I haven't moisturized. And that's just because that's my body's way of trying to counteract how dry my skin is i reckon you can use this cream for most skin types oily or not oily because this one you'll find it doesn't leave a shine afterwards so after you apply it, it doesn't you know sometimes how the the ointments leave a shine and the creams also leave a shine because it's it's oil based this mm. one's not like that and also a lot of these products are designed just to create an occlusive layer effectively over the skin which is holding yep. moisture in but if there's no moisture especially if you're in melbourne and you know yeah. you're in dry environments it, it may not be very helpful there is i have especially during people's... the winters as well yeah yeah and the heating air conditioning you know Frequent many of us showering. Kind of, yeah hotter showers mm. in winter or you know those that like to sit with their feet on the heater hands up over here <laughs> <laughs> I have heard people say that the best time to moisturize is actually immediately out of a shower when your skin's still wet to lock in the moisture. Is that something that you've heard about before? Would you recommend it? Is it necessary yeah. with this range? I wouldn't say it's essential. Like I said, this product's also moisturizing as well as forming a layer on the skin, whereas other products only form a layer. But at the same time, what sometimes tends to happen is when you have that hot water or your skin is very hot, Water is still evaporating off your skin. And if you're applying something on it, it can also evaporate while something's on it as well. It's not as simple as like, it's not like putting glad wrap over a bowl of steaming, you know, noodles or something like that, where the water collects. At the it's not like that. Obviously, your skin is different. So it doesn't really matter if you're going straight out of the shower. Although for some people, if that helps, I guess you can do that as well. But the idea of having something as occlusive as cling wrap on your body doesn't sound very comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. So let's get into the very dry skin wash. So what kind of wash is this? Is like a cream cleanser? What does it look like? What does it feel like? Yeah, so this is a soap-free wash, and which is awesome for people who have like dermatitis or eczema. Soap-free products are fantastic for people with those conditions because the soap can actually flare up dermatitis and eczema. I mean, you'll get flare-ups which require steroid creams and so on. So the very dry skin wash is used to kind of counteract that or prevent that from happening. And you'll find people with a very, you know, that require that for the specific sensitive skin types, they'll appreciate a soap-free wash. It's also SLS-free, 
And like we said before, it's also hydrating because it's part of the very dry skin range. It does use the urea to exfoliate that top layer of skin. And it does the same same thing as the cream, but it obviously cleanses you as well while you're in the shower. Fantastic. Now, this is a really simple, but maybe a bit more of a complex question. Soap. Like, what is it? We see soap-free on a product, but for the general public, what is actually soap? What does that mean? Okay, so we'll go into the basic foundations of science. Soap forms these little micelles, which are like little, I guess, cells around dirt products, either on the skin or wherever you're washing. So when you see the suds, it's, it's basically little micelles being formed, which strip away the dirt because it's separating from the skin and the dirt. But what you'll find that is it'll also strip away moisture, which can dry out the skin. And that's something we want to avoid in conditions where your skin essentially requires that moisture, otherwise it will result into a flare-up. So the soap-free washes, they will still cleanse your skin without stripping away the moisture. So that's the benefit of having soap-free washes compared to actual soaps. Yes, interesting. And like people are probably thinking, well, soap just cleanses your skin, but it's so much more scientific than that, like yeah, what it yeah, actually there's, does. There's a lot and that it, goes into it, yeah. Yeah, and it gives this visual representation of, ah, that's why I shouldn't be using a soap bar on my skin. Totally makes sense. But dermal therapy does have a cleansing bar that looks a lot like soap, but it's like, as the name suggests, it's a bar. How is this different? Okay, yes. Yeah. So like I said, it is part of the very dry skin range. So you will find the same kind of foundations in it as well. So it would have the urea in it, which will help exfoliate the skin. Obviously, it's in a solid bar form, but it's soap-free and SLS-free as well. And that will pretty much help stop the stripping of the moisture away. But if you are used to washing with a soap bar, this is pretty much the alternative for you. You can use this one and you won't have eczema flare-ups or dermatitis and it won't dry your skin. The good thing about this one as well is that it's pH balanced as well. So you can use it on all parts of the body. So I'm really interested in the development of this. Is this for those old school people that just love a soap bar, is not going to change from a soap bar, and this just is like, well, you want to continue using a bar, this is something that's not going to harm your skin? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So you, you go onto the market, you won't find many bars that, find this that, that provide this alternative. You'll find that pretty much the same brands that have existed for the past 100 years, pretty much all soap products or pretty much... So they have the same ingredients that have been used for the past 100 years. And you won't find anything new in development like dermal therapies bar product. And so this is pretty much an alternative for people who are kind of, like I said, old school. But even if you're not old school, if you still like using a bar, this is it. I have known people to use soap for literally everything, face, body, hair. Um, Most of which... the guys do that. You, you find guys have the same bar and they use this head to toe and they're like, oh, that does the job. Does the job. Could you do it with this? Like, is it going to, you know, even on your hair, like in theory? I mean, yeah, in theory, you can use a head to toe. And one of the reasons, like I said, it's pH balance because obviously different parts of the body require different pH for it to maintain the total internal environment, which is, and this is pH balance, so it won't cause any dramas with that. But if you do want to use it on the hair, I probably would recommend other dermal therapy products that will do the same job for the hair. But I mean, I'm sure it won't cause harm. Yes. And just another plug, dermal therapy didn't ask me to say this, but my partner has been using the dermal therapy scalp wash and serum for probably four years now. And it's the only one he uses because anything else, he's used all the tar shampoos, he's used all the urea and different things. But if he stops using the dermal therapy range, he gets really bad peri dermatitis on his scalp. And this is one that he just keeps coming back to. 
and it's really inexpensive as well. So I'll tell you something good about that one as well. So they've done studies to compare it to prescription steroid lotions and the, the serum's actually just as effective. And I'm not sure if we can say that with a TGA and making that claim, but that aside, uh, it does cover your bases on the reasons and causes for scalp dermatitis and that there are many reasons that can cause scalp dermatitis. So they can be irritants and they could be fungi. So you'll find a lot of people try to use antifungal dandruff shampoos to achieve the same result. But this does everything kind of all in one. And you'll find the serum and then the, the shampoo kind of works synergistically to, I guess, apply nutrients to the hair, but at the same time reduce any inflammation or reduce any irritants, which will reduce, you know, in turn reduce the turnover of skin cells of the scalp. So you'll find mm. less less dead skin cells, which is less dandruff, and then you'll find less irritation. It, it pretty much covers all your bases. It's very broad spectrum, I would say, in terms of mm. treating your, like, your scalp conditions, which is why you'll find if he tries to use one product that targets a very narrow kind of therapeutic um, indication, it won't treat his underlying cause, whatever that cause may be. This podcast series is brought to you by Derm Health Co. in partnership with Dermal Therapy. Dermal Therapy Lip Balm Original is Australia's number one lip balm, with one of their lip balms being sold every 30 seconds in Australia. Absolutely incredible. Okay, let's launch back into the podcast. That is really fascinating. And I think just to back up, what you've said because we don't want to get any trouble with the TGA we'll include that study that you're talking about because how incredible right like yeah. to compare something like steroids and to have fantastic results with as you mentioned a broad spectrum ability to help lots of different conditions yeah I was so surprised when I heard that it's just as effective a specific steroid that's used on prescription I mean imagine having to not wait to see a doctor you know, and then, you know, because you can just grab it off the shelf. And at the same time, it doesn't provide that same side effect that stories will provide, which is the thinning of the scalp or having to use it only for a short term piece period of time only to prevent, you know, adrenal suppression and all these other conditions that steroids can, can lead to. And, and yeah, you can just grab it off the shelf and it won't have the side effects. Like I, I just find that fantastic. It, it is fantastic and it's rare. And maybe dermal therapy has just found, you know, this niche of this want to really help people and have products that are accessible, affordable, and that actually work while, you know, still being a business and needing to make profit somewhere. I think the affordability but... thing is, is something like people just brush past. Like these are very effective products and you'll find people or not people, should I say companies like selling such a small product for like $60, $70 that will last you like a week or two and then aren't even that effective. Whereas dermal therapy will sell you something, you know, like I said, in a big packaging, you know, that will last you forever, but it's cheap as well. And it's effective. Like, yeah. I think that's something, you know, especially in this climate that we're in right, right now, like the recession and people, you know, getting jobs lost and, and we're just recovering from COVID and like the market right now, the industry right now is crazy. And then they still manage to keep their prices so low. It's this whole pricing psychology, right? Like if you see something that's cheap, some people will, like will just assume that it's not good, which yeah. is not always the case. Sometimes it is, and other times it certainly is not the case with the dermal therapy range. But I guess it's the market that we live in. Like the, if something's expensive automatically, even if it doesn't work, you have to force yourself to believe that it works because you spend so much money on it. You know what I mean? Yes. And it might be a self-limiting condition that was going to improve itself anyway. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So let's go into the, kind of talked about the lotion. So let's go into the very dry face cream. 
this was a later addition. There it is right there. This was a later addition to the very um, dry range, I believe. So tell us a little bit more about this product. Yes, yeah, so I was kind of talking about earlier in the fact that it's non-oily. It doesn't leave that thick layer on your face. So one of the terminology that they use is it's lightweight. So I'm not talking about like you can't physically lift it. I'm saying it's lightweight as in you don't feel on your face when you apply it. And I'll give you an example. So if you ever apply like sunscreen on your face, you feel it there and it's just an uncomfortable feeling until it dries. This one doesn't do that. So for me, I'm a very time sensitive guy. I need to, you know, get out of the shower, get dressed, leave the door, go to work, go to uni, go to wherever. I'm always running short on time. So I don't have time to sit there and wait for it to dry till I can feel comfortable and blah, blah, blah. I just slap it on, does the job and I get out of here. So yeah, it's lightweight and obviously like all the other very dry, you know, skin range, it uses urea, but this one also uses hyaluronic acid. Hyaluronic acid is a humectant which moisturizes the skin and locks in that moisture. It also has ceramides and also a colloidal oatmeal. Now, this is obviously in a studied range, which is required, which, which is calibrated to a specific dosage of each individual ingredient to find the most optimum kind of treatment for the skin and also prevention for very dry skin. It increases hydration in 24 hours. So people, you'll notice results within a day. This is, this is one of those products that I say, you'll notice results within a day. And for wear makeup, you can also wear it under the makeup. So I'm reading here that it says 100% increase in hydration in 24 hours. Like that's incredible. How did they measure this? Do you know? Yeah, so I can't say the exact way to measure it, but there are certain, I guess, parameters in which we kind of use to, to measure how dry someone's skin is. One of which is, for example, this, I know this from the medical field, so how rigid it is, has its ability to bounce back. One of the other things it would be is if you scratch it and it leaves a, a line, I mean, that, that's just to see the level of dead skin cells that's on there. There's many ways to kind of measure. I can't tell you with the exact way that it was used in this study, but it was clearly twice as hydrated, which is 100% compared to what it was before the application of this cream. Yeah, which is significant. So I would finally like to cover the dermal therapy lip range, which is the biggest range, the biggest range, a favorite product in Australia with one being sold every 30 seconds. What makes it so loved? Yep. So this one is one of those ones that like dermal therapy has found their niche. Dermal therapy has found a crack the code compared to every other product on the market. And you'll find a lot of products have a high concentration of something that would lock in the moisture, but it wouldn't have something that rehydrates the skin at the same time and wouldn't have something to kind of break down the top layer of dead skin cells, which is something you'll find this is a common theme in the dermal therapy range. So it's the only keratolytic lip balm that's on the market. And you find it in different formulations as well. So you'll find it in a stick or you'll find it in a balm. So it will, or they also have it in the tub. So it, it kind of caters to whatever kind of person that likes to carry it out in that different formulation. Because it's karyolytic, it removes that top layer of dead skin cells. So you'll find sometimes people that have very dry lips, they'll apply like any particular product and it, it just becomes shiny. It becomes shiny, but it, like you can still see the cracks in the corner of their lips and you can still see that, you know, the different discoloration on their lips. You won't find that with dental therapy. You'll see it, you know, straight away you, you'll see, you know, results w within sometimes minutes or within a day. So it depends on the severity of the condition. But this is just something that we've managed to figure out, well, dental therapy's managed to figure out. It's perfect for people who are on medications. So certain medications like isotretinoin just strips the skin of its moisture. And the first places that really suffer are places with the thinnest layer of skin. So that's the, like the eyelids or the lips. So this product you'll find that dermatologists be recommending. It's the product that I recommend anytime someone's gotten their first dispensing of medications that, that strip away the moisture of the skin. So yeah, you, you'll find amazing results with this one. 
Yeah, I have it in a handbag or a pocket at all times. Um, so I'm a big fan of this. I'm holding it up to the screen as we're on a podcast. You guys can't hear it, but we're all fans of the lip balm here. And I can't tell you how many blogs, articles that I've seen in different magazines, different fashion beauty outlets that talk about this kind of obsession of using lip balm and how people get addicted to it and it's not actually hydrating their skin but there's not really an answer to it and there's just like this vicious cycle of people applying some kind of lip balm to their lips multiple times a day but you just said it before like it looks shiny but their lips aren't hydrated so yeah so if you if you ever like i'll give an example of, of what this would look like if you ever get like canola oil right and you just apply it to your lips, you realize your lips are still dry and it just becomes shiny. Now, oil obviously doesn't mix with water, so oil will prevent the evaporation of water, but it won't moisturize your skin, okay? So that's the, the kind of effect that most lip balms will have, whereas this one is not like that. This one has the urea, it has the you know all the emollients in it as well, so it will hydrate the lips as well as lock in that moisture. And for me personally, obviously I'm not on any medications that will dry out the skin. I only apply this, for example, after I eat. So I, I would eat and then my lips would get dry because I'm usually on the go. And then I just apply this and it's just, that's it, sorted. So three times a day I apply it and that's all. Yeah, and it works. And isn't it so simple when you think about what the skin on the lips need, but there's just not that many products out there that are actually targeting this specific concern. Absolutely. But people keep buying them. Well, the problem is that there's just so many products on the market. It's just, it's so hard to, you'd have to try every single one before you find the right one, right? Where, yeah. Whereas this one, you know, kind of just solves all the answers for you. You don't have to try a thousand different products. It's just there, simple. And like you said, it, it's sold, what, every 15 to 30 seconds? Like there's a reason mm. for that. 30 seconds in Australia, 15 yeah. seconds globally. But this is an Australian podcast. So, yeah, 30 seconds. That's just incredible. So, Mustafa, let's put all this into play. There's quite a few products in this very dry skin range. The lip balm obviously not being one of them, but it can be really helpful when you do have very dry skin. So give us a rundown of a full skincare kind of ritual. People love to know how they can apply things and use things in order and when and how. Yep. So I'll give you an example of my skincare routine. Every single person is different, but this is the way that I do things. I would get out of the shower after using the very dry skin wash because I do I actually do get dermatitis and, and especially flares up in the winter so I'd be using the very dry skin wash in the shower because I just like a liquid I don't like a bar and then I'd come out my skin would be hot and dry and whatnot so I'd be applying on my face I'd be applying the very dry skin cream with the very dry skin cream I'd you know just wait for it to dry while I'm getting dressed and all not and then I'd personally would apply um, some sunscreen and then I would get dressed on certain parts of my body. I'd apply the lotion just because the lotion would provide it because it's a little bit more runny than the cream. So it gets wider coverage on the body. So we've just used the wash. We just used the very dry face cream. And now we're using the lotion on the body. After that, I would use my lip balm. Like I said, I use it three times a day. So at morning, after lunch and after dinner. And then I'd be set to go on my day. Throughout the day, like I said, if I need to use my lip balm, I would be using my lip balm but I don't use it that often. And for me, what else? I think that's pretty much it. But for other people, instead of, you know, uh, instead of waking up in the shower and then applying the very dry face cream and applying sunscreen, you can put on your very dry face cream and then put on makeup if that's what you want to do. For people with very dry and cracked heels, at nighttime, you can use the, the heel balm and that would work overnight. And you pretty much see results the next day. But yeah, so you can pretty much use all these products all in one day. For me, that's the three favorites that kind of use in one day. 
Oh, and one more thing, this hand sanitizing cream. So I'm also a med student, so I'll be in hospital like most of my time. And in the hospital, we have to use hand hygiene and that just destroys your skin. Like if you wash your hands 15 times a day, like I do, like your skin on, on your hands crack and fall apart. And you'll find um, in the corner of your nails, the skin starting to peel off. I know everyone knows what that feeling is like. The sanitizing cream can provide hand hygiene for you, but it doesn't you know, destroy your skin and doesn't strip the essential oils and then moisture from the skin as well. So that's one of my favorite things to use in the hospital. But yeah, so throughout the day, I'll be using these products. Hmm. Would you say that that is your favorite dermotherapy product? It's one of my favorites, but personally, my favorite one is the very dry face cream. Only because it took me so long to find a, a good cream. I would be using all these different products and then I'd, I'd be shiny throughout the day. Like it'd be on my lunch break and I'd, I'd look in the mirror and my face is shiny. And I'll say, oh, has everyone been seeing me like this the whole day? But when I started using the very dry face cream, that was problem solved. And I never had to worry about it again. Because for my skin, like if I have a dermatitis flare up on my skin, like on my body, no one would really see that. Like I would be in pain and I'd be annoyed and I'd be itchy. No one would see that. For me, my moneymaker is the face. <laughs> so so <laughs> when the very dry face cream kind of took care of that for me, I was like, okay, that's it. I can worry about the rest now. And just for fun, I'd love to hear about the first dermal therapy product that you used. How did very you find quickly. it? Yeah. Do you remember your first, <laughs> yeah. your first meat of dermal therapy? Yeah, I'm going to be very basic, but it was the lip balm. <laughs> But only because it is so, it's so common and so fun. It was, it was the lip balm I was using because I was, I tried a number of different brands and then I used the dermal therapy one and I just realized I didn't have to apply it like every 10 minutes. I was like, oh, this is okay. But then like I, I actually reached out to dermal therapy and on, that was, I think it was on Instagram or yeah, I think it was, I reached out to them. I was like, hey, do you, want to, do you guys want to do a partnership? Like love these products. It's awesome. And then here we are today. Here we are. And now you've, the whole range has become your favourite and daily yeah. routine. I, I just love that. And you know what, from a brand perspective, how much better is it to have people that are using their products approach them rather than the other way around? Yeah, that's what I got. Yeah. So fun fact, like coincidentally today, I actually had a, a staff training on dermal therapy. So I realised how good dermal therapy was and I was like, you know what, I should be pushing this in the pharmacy. Like this is something that everyone should be having. And I think my boss is going to kill me because we're going to be losing money because everyone's going to be sp spending less money on all the other products and more appropriate amounts of money on dermal therapy. Yeah, so I actually had a staff training. I got all my staff in the morning and then bought breakfast for everyone. And we did a training on all the different products and, and how effective they are. So and coincidentally, now we're talking about dermal therapy on, on this podcast. I don't know if they've ever been called this before, but maybe a bit of a they've got a bit of a cult following. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be bigger now. Yeah, and yeah, it's just like obviously we wouldn't be able to do this six part series without the amazing partnership of Dermal Therapy, but I just want to reiterate that skincare has become increasingly expensive, and people have like a you know a multi step routine. Sometimes they don't necessarily need that routine. I completely, you know, support if someone feels like that is a self-care ritual and they want to do that, then go for it if it makes you feel good. But if you can be saving some of your hard-earned dollars and be using products that are perhaps more effective, then it's really a no-brainer. Yeah, so we, we use this terminology in medicine or as a med student. You hear it all the time, high yield. So high yield is doing, I guess, the least amount of work for the most amount of reward. And I mean, sure, like doing a lot of work will get you a lot of reward. But sometimes if you can achieve the same thing with the least amount of work, why wouldn't you do that? And to translate that into what we're talking about now, 
you'll find people spending, you know, hundreds of dollars a month on all these different products. There's a thousand different products just to get, you know, nice looking skin when you can just, you know, buy like this $10 cream and it could do the same job. It's just a no brainer. And then you said before, like they have a cult following, like there's a reason, like it's just so easy and, and proven to work. And you'll see the results, obviously, if you try. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Mustafa, I'd love just to kind of finalize this episode with a little bit more about what you do. Like you've got a lot on your plate. You're a pharmacist, you're a med student, TikTok star. How did it all happen? How did, yeah, where did yeah, it Yeah, I guess um, it all kind of just fell together. So I've been in pharmacy for about six years now and I graduated from University of Sydney. I graduated and then after graduation, I decided to, you know, uh, talk more about about pharmacy. And at the time, uh, it was the lockdowns. So everyone's kind of bored. Everyone's just playing on their phone. And I decided to jump on TikTok and uh, I saw all these fun trends. And I thought, you know, what if, if, if I were to do these trends, like what would I do it on? Like what's my niche? And I was like, you know, I just graduated pharmacy. I can do a few, a few of these trends on pharmacy. And I just made a few videos. I thought I'd get like, you know, a few friends here and there, maybe three, four followers. But I just boomed, <laughs> just boomed overnight. And now at 280,000 followers, which is amazing because I mean, like it's, it's pharmacy. I'm the only person that finds pharmacy exciting. So I'm, I'm <laughs> perplexed that 280,000 people also find it interesting. And then after I you know, kind of started TikTok and whatnot, um, there's this exam called the GAMSAT where you, you know, it's, it's an entrance exam to medicine. And I thought, pharmacy is amazing and I love treating patients. I love taking care of patients. What if I expand my scope? And I'll just do this exam as a joke. Like I'll just, I'll do it so when I'm 40 or 50 and I'm thinking back about my life, I won't regret that I didn't try. So I set this exam, you know, put some things on a paper and somehow I got in. And now, so yeah, I'm, I'm halfway through my medical degree now. Two more years, I'll hopefully be a doctor. I plan on maintaining my registration as a pharmacist and as a doctor. So I want to have dual registration and be able to practice in both professions, obviously not at the same time, but I want to utilize both my, both my pharmaceutical knowledge as well as my medical knowledge to treat patients. But yeah, so, so I guess at this point in my life, what I'm doing is I'm currently working as a pharmacist. I'm studying full-time medicine at University of Sydney. And in my spare time, I make videos on TikTok to kind of talk about, you know, health literacy and pharmacy and, and promote medicine and, and, and good practice. But I try to do it in a, in a fun way, like I participate in all the trends and, and try to get people involved. Yeah, well, that's just fantastic. And congratulations, Gams, that is not easy. So just to be able to kind of do it on the fly is a huge achievement. And do you think you'll continue with the online education? Are you thinking of different ways of doing that? Or is TikTok your one true love on the social media platforms? Yeah, look, I love TikTok because it's so easy to get big reach and, and reach out a lot of audiences. And it's also an easy platform to make videos on. But I do plan on expanding. I'm hoping to get on YouTube, get on Instagram as well, because obviously the more social medias I'm on, the bigger reach I can have and, and obviously spread that you know, health education and, and try to do it in an engaging way. But for the time being, just because I'm so time limited, I'm always running around. I'm like, just today, I, I did a staff training in the morning. I went to the hospital <laughs> during the day, and then now I'm doing a podcast. So it's so hard to do all these other other um, social medias for the time being. So I guess after I graduate and maybe have a bit more time, I'll try to uh, expand as well. So in the near future, we'll see something. Yes. Well, thank you so much for carving some time out of your you know very busy life to talk to us and it's been a great candid conversation i think for anyone that's listening will be able to hear the genuine love for these products from both yourself and me so you know that's a good thing 
And yeah, it's been great having you on the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored that you'd even consider me to be to be part of this. But yeah, this was amazing. And I'm hoping that people can benefit from the things we talked about today. Yeah, pleasure. Thank you. All right. Thank okay. you so much. This six-part special series podcast was made possible by our partners, Dermal Therapy. Thank you so much, Dermal Therapy. We could not have made the series without you. One of the key benefits of Dermal Therapy that we love, besides, of course, its clinically proven results, is accessibility. You can pick up their products most places. The Dermal Therapy products are available nationwide across pharmacy, so Chemist Warehouse and all other major and independents, plus Woolies, and a select range at Coles. Amazon is now stocking the full range online as well. So you can jump online and purchase or visit them in store. If you'd like to learn more, go to dermotherapy.com.au. What an episode. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording and creating this for you. There was lots of fantastic tips shared and we would love for you to share this online so you can take a screenshot of you listening, tag us at dermhealth.co. Also make sure you tag our partners at Dermal Therapy. And we just want to say a big special thanks to our partners, Dermal Therapy, um, for Digital Health Co. for producing this podcast series. And we look forward to bringing you another episode really soon. Bye for now and be skin powered.